Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mental Health 411. On this week's episode, I have Karen Cabrera, AMFT, who is an associate working at Paloma Therapy Group. We're going to have a conversation about a blog that she recently uh, wrote, and we're going to just take it to Mental Health 411, all things mental health. I'm really excited to have her. I'm going to be bringing her on in a second. I'm just waiting for her to come on. And as soon as she's here, I will be bringing her on. Thank you again for coming on to Mental Health 411 and listening to our show. Let's see. So here we go. I think we are ready. Hi, Karen. Hi, Paloma. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to have you here. Finally, we're going to start having everybody that's at Paloma Therapy on Mental Health 411 just to talk about, you know, the work that we do and blogs that are coming up and you know one of the interesting blogs that just um was published on our website palomatherapy.com is yours and so tell me a little bit about your background let everybody here that's listening and watching know who you are and the the work that you do yeah so my name is karen cabrera and i am a um an associate marriage and family therapist i Um, I am Latina and I really passionate about helping people um, kind of be able to achieve their fullest potential um, and walking through with them, um, you know, life stressors and issues that they're going through. Um, and, you know, I've worked with um, the Latino community and, um, you know, work with kids, with young adults. Um, And it's just amazing being able to um, implement a lot of really creative things. I love being creative. Um, I love art and um, and I think really young, I really like that. So being able to implement that into my work with art therapy, play therapy with kids is something that I'm really passionate about. So it's not just a job, it's more of something that I, I'm just passionate about and doing. And so I've also worked with veterans And, um, you know, kind of my work with them was with PTSD, um, you know, sexual abuse, sexual assault, um, a lot of family trauma. Sometimes we forget that um, a lot of our initial issues come from family conflict. And so being able to um, work with that population has been really rewarding, too. Um, and then having a bit of experience with the LGBTQ a plus um, community and uh, being able to work with them through, you know, our um, um, office. And so that's been um, really rewarding and really great to do too. That's great. I want to talk and bring in a little bit about the blog that you recently wrote. Um, so recently you did some research and you talked about um, specifically the population of working with veterans. I know you have experience working with veterans. And I found it so interesting that you brought up something that I think um, we can talk about today, and that is uh, assault and sexual assault in um, with males, and how how it, it's very difficult for men to talk about their emotions, mm -hmm. and uh, for men to seek help. Mm -hmm. And um, we, I feel that that is something that we need to bring up more and we need to talk about that men go through domestic violence, they're victims mm -hmm. of domestic violence, they're victims of sexual assault. 
tell me a little bit about the research you did and what you found. Yeah, so um, during school, you know, I was working with um, veterans and it was really um, important for me to understand, you know, a little bit about that PTSD, right? And, you know, it doesn't only occur in combat, right? When we think about PTSD and when we think about the military specifically, military veterans, we think about combat, right? We think about the traumatic events that they, you know, have to endure through the training and then actually being in the war zone. Um, but we forget that they also go through a lot of trauma outside of it, right? So such as um, sexual assault and sexual abuse um, within the military, right? Um, and so um, it's it was really interesting hearing um, so many of uh, my vets uh, talk about through their um, kind of experience, right? And having such a difficulty um, being able to express those emotions, being able to process and explore um, the, the impact of that trauma. Um, you know, as for, you know, when we talk about men, it's like, you know, emotions is like a woman's thing, right? And then for men, it's like, oh, you don't, especially when we talk about the Latino community, uh, the African-American community, right? When, when these are cultures where we're very much family-based or certain things are um, kind of hidden because of just cultural backgrounds. And so emotions are not all. Yeah, and -hmm. shame as well. When when we're bringing in culture, we're bringing in moral and ethic beliefs of what we could talk about and what we shouldn't talk about. And specifically men um, talking about assault talking about uh being victims of mm-hmm. of violence is is difficult yeah yeah and so even adjusting through those emotions right and talking about them um you know and and even being able to experience the for the first time crying in front of someone right mm-hmm. crying from in front of a therapist and so um you know i think it's it's so difficult not only just the simple fact of um, emotions, but then when you bring in trauma, how much um, harder it is um, for certain individuals to talk about their emotions and talk about what happened to them, right? And we sometimes, again, believe that, you know, when we talk about sexual abuse or sexual Mm -hmm. assault, it's a woman's thing. It happens to women, which it does, and it happens a lot. Um, But it also happens to men, right? Um, And it's just not as... um, reported. So we think that it happens less to men, but it actually happens a lot more. And because the military is, you know, um, a lot of them are men, it happens to men more often in the military. And sometimes it's because of hierarchy, right? It's because of power, it's because of um, these kind of things. And so um, it's just, um difficult for them to address those things, even reporting, because there's going to be a stigma, right, from other, um, you know, vets, you know, with them, there's going to be, you know, probably there, they could be demoted because of their um, title in the military. Um, There could be so many other things that come into play um, when we talk about sexual abuse in the military. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, it feels like, you know, you're traumatized, not just once through the sexual abuse or sexual assault, but you're also being re-traumatized 
by even reporting it or even having to act like nothing happened, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I'm just thinking about um, in the norms of of our own communities mm -hmm. and how difficult it is for um, for women, for men, for anyone mm -hmm. to report when they have been sexually harassed, mm -hmm. sexually assaulted, mm -hmm. and now you bring into um, into a person's life not mm -hmm. the norm, right? Not the environment they're used to, not being mm -hmm. home, being out of state, out of the country, um, military base, mm -hmm. and uh, and so and all those components, and trying to just imagine being um, a victim within this type of environment as a woman, as a man, as a transgendered person, um, mm -hmm. a person in the LGBTQIA community. Uh, yeah, it, it's mm -hmm. it's something that I cannot fathom the idea of mm -hmm. the strength of of a person of an individual who does report, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about the statistics? Like, what do they show? What do they What do they say um, in terms of like a little research that you've done for the blog and just your experience? What What is it? What are What are the facts or what is out there? Yeah, so, um, you know, on certain reports, right, um, especially with when we talk about sexual abuse and sexual assault, and I'm going to kind of read it through what I have so, you know, I don't make a mistake in saying it. So, you know, um, although sexual assault and abuse is considered to occur in women most often in the U.S., military men are 10 times more likely to be sexual assaulted than a civilian man. So even when we talk about that, it's, you know, there's a big difference from someone who is civilian, someone who's not in the military, to someone who is, right? So they are more prone to be sexually assaulted, um, sexually abused, um, manipulated um, in so many other ways. And one thing that I wanted to even say, um, you know, kind of even defining what sexual abuse is, because sometimes we think it's just one way or the other. And so um, I just want to read you how I defined it um, on the research that I did. And it says, it is in a form of sexual violence, including rape, child molestation, incest, and similar forms of consensual um, sexual contact. Um, sexual abuse is never only about sex, but often to gain power over victims. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about that, right, and we bring forth um, kind of that power that other people um, these individuals want to have over their victims. It's not just about um, that sexual contact with, with the, the victim, but it's more of feeling themselves as powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And then it comes down to our victims feeling like, um, and even saying victims, it's like more like survivors, right? They're survivors of, of, of this trauma, um, really being you know, having to have the double strength to go ahead and report when, you know, this power is being um, kind of manipulated over them. Um, so, you know, and even um, another report in 2014, um, it said nearly 5% of all women and 1% of all men on active duty reported experienced unwanted sexual contact. And nearly half of reported from women involved penetrative um, sexual assault, which was 35% for men. Due to the gender ratios in the military, men experienced more sexual violence mm -hmm. than women, right? Yeah, so, that makes sense. You know, 
Yeah. So it's so even more. It's mm -hmm. more. It's more because there's more men in the military than women, right? And so mm -hmm. that that ratio is is not an even count. Yeah. And so that makes sense. And and it's um, just uh, a staggering um, mm -hmm. number of men that are that go unreported. And mm -hmm. it's ten times more likely that a man mm -hmm. will be um, assaulted in that type of environment. Yeah. Is I think something that um, it's definitely worth talking about. Definitely mm -hmm. worth bringing up. Um, I, I and you know I just think about so many things. Uh, for example, this week, so a big topic that has been coming up for me in um, just in conversation and sessions is internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people who are experiencing questioning whatever it is and. Um, culture and ethically they mm -hmm. are unable to be who they truly mm -hmm. want to be in life and the anger the resentment that builds mm -hmm. up and sometimes mm -hmm. um, you know people that are going through this mm -hmm. um are either victim survivors or mm -hmm. perpetrators of sexual assault mm -hmm. and so more conversations to be had um, yeah. about, you know, internalized homophobia, definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and so just coming into some of the work that we do in our office and mm -hmm. we serve victims of crime. So we serve people mm -hmm. who have been sexually assaulted, who have been um, survivors of domestic mm -hmm. violence. And we are seeing that more men are coming in for therapy, I believe that, right? And I believe that just, um, again, sitting, a, a year of sitting at home, mm -hmm. a year of sitting with our emotions and yeah. having to confront so many things that we don't usually confront mm -hmm. has been bringing out more um, men and women too, who have survived and who are ready to process and ready to do that work in therapy. Mm -hmm right yeah for sure i i think it's it's incredible right when um seeing your more men wanting um that resource right of therapy and again coming back to um feeling maybe a bit hesitant at first right mm -hmm. uh, but also feeling comfortable talking to a woman right even even i hear that with with certain you know clients when it's like oh i feel more comfortable that you are a woman and me talking about my emotions um and even then right um again exploring those emotions like, like you said um i think it's been a year a year and a half where we've been having to really be with our emotions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this has brought up a lot of things for so many um, and exploring so many things, right? Um, traumatic events, traumatic childhood, you know, experiences um, and, you know, seeing um, for so many, you know, just wanting to be listened, wanting to be validated, wanting to be understood. Um, and it's so essential for us as human beings, right? And um, and again, you know, even going back to an experience, uh, you know, working with, with vets, um, you know, realizing, again, for so many men, you know, coming to therapy is going to be scary. It's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be like, you're going to feel that resistance at the beginning, right? You're going to feel like, oh, you know, I, 
feeling like they don't want to be there, but they do. And so having this tug of war with them themselves um, and then also being able as a therapist, being able to be there, being present with them um, and acknowledging those emotions and acknowledging mm-hmm. is going to be a hard process for them. And, you know, being there to praise them, to encourage them when they have a breakthrough, right? When for the first time they say, you know, I've cried, um, you know, because I watched a movie that was emotional and it was the first time that I let myself feel this emotion and then crying, you know, and, and then being happy with them, right? Being able to encourage them and praise for what they are accomplishing. And so I think it's, you know, it's, giving them that encouragement and, um, and also being able to, um, again, validate those emotions because for a lot of men, you know, again, we come back to that, um, stigma, right. That men shouldn't cry. Men shouldn't express what they feel. Um, and so being able to be there and say, you know, good job for expressing how you're feeling. Good job for saying, you know, I feel this way today. Um, and walking with them through that too. Um, because it's a scary moment. I mean, when you're not comfortable with something in a new environment, I think we all get really scared and anxious. So being able to ground them, right? Being able to do those EMDR resourcing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, safe plays, you know, containing those emotions. And so being able to bring that into those sessions to ground them and for them to be able to express and explore those emotions that have been kind of like hidden for for quite some time. So, you know, bringing that into therapy is going to be really important for them too. Yeah. And all those things that you just said is just like, it's, yes, it's validating and it's resourcing and Definitely. I, you know, truly believe in EMDR and I know you as well. You're an EMDR trained therapist and it's really what we focus on is trauma work and we focus on really going deep into processing what people have been bottling up for many years. And yeah, I think, you know, that's, it's great that we are, are having this conversation to, normalize mm-hmm. what men are feeling and what they want to talk mm-hmm. about. And it's interesting that you said that men will, you know, oftentimes ask for a female therapist. Mm-hmm. It does happen. I've been talking to mm-hmm. our, um, to my assistant, to the administrative assistant. And, and she's been telling me that mm-hmm. men call and that 98% of the time they will say, I want a female therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that's about. And I do, know that there's men that specifically call and they say, I want a male therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they want that, they really, that's all they want. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, usually they want a female therapist. And so that's like a, a an interesting, um, I think topic also. Mm-hmm. And there's some research um, about that. And if there isn't, that's, that would be just interesting to, to know more yeah. about why, right? Why mm-hmm. um, when uh, men are searching for therapists. And I wonder if that happens often, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. happening in our office, I don't know, or maybe it happens more often than we think. Um, yeah. So that's something to also think about, you know, um, so bringing up the topic of, of men and, and um, families and relationships. And I think that, yeah. Right. And talking about trauma, Mm -hmm. veterans and relationships and surviving assault, surviving violence. 
um, and just culture growing up, just everything, like, you know, as a whole, mm -hmm. and how then we create relationships and how important mm -hmm. it is for men who, even if they haven't gone through through trauma, even if they mm -hmm. haven't gone through sexual assault, but how important it is for them to understand um, what style of relationship, mm -hmm. right? They connect with the mm -hmm. best. And I believe that going to therapy is the best mm -hmm. place yeah. to, to figure out um, what to work on, mm -hmm. what to do. Oftentimes I, I find that um, individuals, they come into therapy because of relationship issues. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't, right? And mm -hmm. most people want to come in to figure out what to do best to have the best relationships. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like emphasizing the importance of therapy mm -hmm. uh, to figure that out, to figure out what happened during those formative years in your life. Mm -hmm. How was your you know, style of attachment created mm -hmm. what experiences and what we remember mm -hmm. and going through those steps to figure that out so that we can have the best relationship possible in our life um, and find that partner that yeah. maybe in the same type of work in their own life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. You know, relationships is something that comes up often. And, you know, again, even when we talk about PTSD, we often just, you know, kind of define it or put it in a box when it's just sexual abuse or sexual assault. But it's also a lot of family trauma, right? Growing up in a very um, you know, um, domestic violent, you know, household or just having these traumas, um, very young. And so, um, you know, a lot of these, um, um, issues come up, right. About relationships. Um, how do I communicate? Right. And, um, even a couple of weeks ago, having a couple of just, this kind of was brought up to this conversation of, you know, um, being asked, you know, is this, when you, you know, we have other clients do, they also talk about relationships because they were like, oh, am I the only one who talks about relationships? And it's like, you know, this is a very common theme um, for so many, um, you know, relationships. We are, you know, our species is, is, is based on, you know, that relationship, that connectedness with other people. Um, and so being able, again, to validate those, you know, things in session and being able to say, you know, um, this is a common theme and, you know, there's nothing wrong to to want to explore more of this, you know, in therapy, in a very safe place, right, where you're going to be understood, where there's no judgment going to be brought up, right? And so, um, yeah, you know, those those common questions are brought up, you know, am I the only one who talks about this? Am I the only one who, you know, brings up these issues? And, you know, again, that's a very common theme about relationships. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, is not an easy topic either to bring up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, bringing up again, you know, that of, you know, men sometimes wanting a female therapist. Again, you know, when I see it with certain clients, it's like, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to be judged by a man, right? Or I'm going to feel belittled, or I'm going to feel certain weaknesses, or, you know, and so with a female, it's like, oh, well, you talk about emotions all the time, so it will be easier. So maybe mm -hmm. that's why there's that connection, right? I mean, it's different for everyone, um, but it's it's really, um, again, 
important things, themes to be able to talk in therapy. Um, and I also noticed that, you know, at our initial like uh, sessions, you know, men won't bring this up. It's going to take a couple of weeks, even a month or two for them to feel more comfortable in bringing this up. I don't know if that's happens to you, Nancy, but I, I've seen happen. that happen to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. It happens. I think it's like they're kind of testing the waters and wanting to know how safe is this space. And often I think that many people do it depending on what they want to talk about. Right. So some people want to talk about they come in with a certain idea like I want to talk about my sexuality. I want to talk about sex. Um, I'm having issues physically, emotionally, whatever it is. And so they test the waters and just talk about their emotions for sessions. And then they get mm -hmm. right into it. Like, oh, by the way, I'm having issues here and here and here. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's when they, they feel safe and, you know, yeah. wow, they they feel that comfort. And mm -hmm. we start talking about the real issues in the process. You know, mm -hmm. I think, and you know, one of the things that you brought up is interesting that uh, I think is often in everyone's life, mostly, um, and that is that when something happens to us, we feel like we're the only person that is, is going through them. Yeah. The person that goes through sexual assault yeah. will often say, um, I'm the only one, no one understands me. Or, you know, it's like that, those first thoughts of no one understands what I'm going through. Um, uh, what, what do I do? Uh, has anybody ever gone through what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. And so again, like right now, you know, mental health is such a big trend. Mm -hmm we've been yeah. doing it so long but it's like such a big thing and so mm -hmm. I, I feel that all these conversations things like this that we're doing right now are so helpful and helping mm -hmm. just anyone and people listening watching recognize that whatever it is that you're going through someone else has gone through it someone yeah. else is also going through it and bring it up talk about it definitely reach out you know to to process and mm -hmm. so you know just kind of to close things off um i just want to remind everybody i don't think i said it in the beginning of the show but i just want to remind everyone that you know what we're talking about is information it's for entertainment purposes only if you are out there and you're seeking help please reach out to a professional for advice um mm -hmm. again just informative and for entertainment purposes um, and if you are in the state of California and you do um, want to think about coming into therapy at our mm -hmm. office at Paloma Therapy, um, you can go to our website at palomatherapy.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Paloma Therapy. And you can reach out to Karen. Karen is on our website. You can definitely set something up to consult with her. And so... That's really what we wanted to talk about today. We just wanted to bring up a topic mm -hmm. that we found very interesting. And so is there anything else that you want to talk about, um, Karen, before we say goodbye to everybody? Well, you know, just one, thank you for bringing me on. And two, you know, for everyone else, you know, that um, therapy is not such a scary place. And we all, as therapists, we try our best to make that safe place for everyone. So... You know, if there is someone who is in need of that resource reaching out, I think that's the first and best step that we can all make. So, yeah. Well, thank you again, Karen, for coming on to Mental Health 411. I am your host, Paloma Collins, and this is Karen Cabrera, AMFT. She can be found again at Paloma Therapy. And I will talk to you all next time. Bye.